something about stepping into his presence. David said it this way, he said, when you have one day in his presence, is it better than a thousand elsewhere? And I'm telling you in these last days, one day in his presence is far greater than anything the world can offer you. all the glory we magnify you <laughs> hallelujah I'm not a natural singer I didn't grow up with a great voice or anything like that and I don't think I'm not saying I've improved but I just love singing in his presence I think I've said this every week for a few weeks but if we don't sing the rocks will and I'm not having a rock <laughs> a boulder <laughs> I just love that that scripture verse where it says the the trees will go out. <laughs> just just oh, take, hallelujah! I reckon in heaven you you'll just walk down and, and they, I've heard people tell stories of walking down in heaven and you just you, you step on the grass and the grass just springs back up as you walk past it because it's just so full of life. Hallelujah! <laughs> and that same life that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Amen. dwells and lives within each of us. Thank you, team. You can be seated. We'll, we'll, um, we'll let the kids stay in for a few moments, but they will go out soon. But I'm punishing Frankie for a few minutes. No, <laughs> joking. She's going to go out with the kids soon. <laughs> Keep it down at the media team, please. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, Elson, do you want to say you had a bit of a miracle this morning, didn't you? Have you had a, had a bit of a experience? Come and tell us. You've got 30 seconds. Amen. Yeah, it so happened. As we were driving to church this morning, after I had rushed the boys out of the house, I started feeling pain. As I drove towards the here, it got more and more intense. So that by the time I parked here, I felt like I was about to faint. Walked in here, it felt like someone has stabbed me right there in the neck and they were kept twisting it, twisting it all the time. But I had taken painkillers whilst I was coming, but nothing was happening. Got in here, all I could do was come straight onto that chair and sit myself down and I was just in pain, excruciating pain. Then Pastor Louise came, she prayed for me. And um, um, Veronica also came, she prayed for me. Money was around there. I bet he was playing, praying as well, he was praying. And all of a sudden, just before the church started, everything is gone, it's like it never existed. It was, it's like I've never felt any pain at all. It's all gone. It's all gone. I thank God for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you see, if, you, if you've had toothache, it takes over everything, doesn't it? It's like, it's like when, you, when you go in the middle of the night and you stub your toe. You didn't know you had a little toe until you stubbed your toe. But when you have toothache, it, it just... It, it, and, and you see, God's the God of completeness. I remember somebody once trying to tell me that teeth weren't covered in the, the covenant for some reason. I don't know why. I, I, don't ask me what, what it was. It was something about something. And how teeth pain and uh, dentistry, because obviously dentists are higher than the Holy Ghost and they're better. You see what I mean? I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, but why, why, I don't know. So God, it, God has just proven to us the teeth are certainly in the covenant of God. I believe in healing, I believe in prosperity, and I believe in complete victory. And I believe that if anyone comes into this building, they, if they are crippled, if they are in pain, if they are depressed, if they are in, 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 have issues, they should not leave here the same way. That's the charge of the church of Jesus Christ. It's, to, it's like a car wash. You take your car in filthy, but it comes out clean. 
Now, Christians should not come to church dirty, should they? They should come praising. They should become dancing. But sometimes Christians turn up with a little bit of a cloud over their head. Sometimes they have a bit of, uh, of depression or, or, or stress or whatever. But the whole point of church is to turn that situation around and send you forth praising. Because the victory that overcomes the world is the faith that we have in God. And we stand in a place of faith in Him. I'm telling you, victory always comes. Hallelujah. Anyways, that was a side journey. Thank you, Elson. We want to be walking and living epistles. That means living, living letters to the world. So when we can stand up and, you know, we've got cameras on, we're live streaming to wherever in the world. We've sometimes had people in, in Africa watching Zambia and places like Kenya and all these kind of different places. They need to hear this just as much as anyone in Preston does. We're called to Preston. But hallelujah, our voice is going to keep going out. Well, Frankie... You can take the kids out. I don't know if that was a punishment or this is the punishment. You taking the kids out? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, joy, yes. Oh, the children have yet not to work out how to hand, quietly shut those doors. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> They're being nice. Welcome to. This lady, lovely lady, who's come. Um, I don't. We don't do embarrassing welcomes in in church. I I grew up with. Um, I don't know if you, you if you've grown up in church. You've grown up with the whole church where where sometimes you, the the pastor will walk down to the microphone and welcome you. Where are you from? Where are you from? And I was like, <laughs> we don't. I, I vowed I'd never do that. So a nice welcome from the front, a nice wave, and that's all I'm expecting people to do. But you've got a free gift and everything like that, and and you will get plenty. Of, and there, guess what? The best thing about coming today is that we have bought cake. We have got cake. Cake life is back on. Um, we haven't had it for a few weeks, and I thought this week, I thought, I thought we best buy some cake. I, I'm telling you, when we get a coffee shop, it will be called Cake Life. This is copyright. No one's robbing this. We're going to have Cake Life coffee shop because I want to serve cake every Sunday morning. Um, I have been told that I only have a one-pack this morning by the media team, so maybe cake isn't the best option for me, but I will make sure that you guys all have plenty of cake. Can I give you my iPad? Well, thank God for his presence. Um, thank God for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. I think that's my catchphrase now. I think that's something that I'm going to continue to say. I, just, I love what God's done in our lives. I, I look back over my life, um, and not the... What God's done in my life, just what, where we've come from as a couple, as, as I, I would never have dreamed in the wildest dreams that I'd be standing in front of a group of people every week preaching the gospel as, quote-unquote, a pastor. That's, that never was my passion. That never was, I wanted to always be in ministry. I always wanted to preach the gospel. But this has been such a privilege and such a, a blessing to kind of uh, take this church from where, where we started, what, two and a, a bit years ago, to get into a place where... we. I can sit on the front row confident that, the, that just everything's just working. And I'm so proud of every single one of you for, for getting us there. But I am going to tell Elton off for not moving the guitar stand out of my way. <laughs> well, we are in week two of vision, a uh, month of vision. And I, I'm not going to go back over last week because, to be honest with you, I'm... We were talking a lot about Abraham and, and the stars and all that kind of stuff. And we can, you, can, you can really labor that point where God really took one man. I, I'm almost fascinated by what, how God operates. He took one man. You know, the Moses was out in the, in looking after some sheep by himself, not doing anything. He'd, he'd messed up his whole life by killing a, you know, a, an Egyptian guard, so he, he legged it just ran away from the call of God on his life, really. You know, God actually put him in a place where he was very influential in the Egyptian government, wasn't he? He was the Pharaoh's daughter's quote-unquote son. you think he would be in the right place to save the Hebrew people. But he started to help God out, killed somebody, and then legged it. So quite often we do that in our lives. We just leg it from the things that we've done wrong. We just leg it is, of course, a very northern English expression. If you're trying to figure out what I mean, just run away. 
He just ran away. Moses ran away, and he was found just just looking after some cattle somewhere in the middle of the desert. I think he was in close to 80 years old, wasn't he? He was old. Some of us, myself included, start to think, well, I'm old. I know I'm only 25, and, and, and I'm like getting on in, in age and, and stuff like that, but we start feeling our age, don't we? We start thinking, you know, well, when I stand up, and what a good test. This is a good test of your age. Can you stand up on a, from sitting down on a couch without pushing yourself up? Just go home and test that. I expect every one of you to be able to do that. I'm going to have images in my mind this afternoon. And everyone after their nap, Sunday afternoon nap, just standing up without pushing. So Moses was old. My wife's looking at me like, would you just turn the humor off? <laughs> I'm sorry, it just flows. Um, Moses was old, wasn't he? But yet God found him with a burning bush in the middle of nowhere and turned his life all around. And he was, what, 120 odd he didn't make it into the promised land because of his, his, he never dealt with his character. But this is a, Moses is a good example of ministry. He liked it. God found him. He messed up. But he's still fulfilled and got the Israelite people to the brink of their calling and what they needed to step into. And of course, Joshua took over, and, and Joshua did an amazing job. And Joshua was a complete, we were hearing from Pastor Joel last week how different the anointing of Moses is from the anointing of Joshua. Moses was get him out, Joshua was get him in. We've had get him out moments in this church. We've got out of locations, we've got out of agreements, we've got out of different things. We've seen people decide to leave, we've seen all that kind of stuff. That, that's fine, that's all good. But I believe that there's an anointing coming on Faith Life Center Ministries to get into some things. Manchester's building, Harrogate building, us buildings, get in. So, you know, when, what was God telling Joshua? God told Joshua to go in and possess the land. There's an anointing on this church to possess the land. And it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Hallelujah. It doesn't feel like it. But Joshua was able to take the, the kind of the, the, the group of people that Moses had had to learn over all these 40 years to control, corral, shift, move, and everything. But he took a group of people, this, this, these millions of Jews, who were, who were not known for their niceness, were they? The Jew, Jewish people are not known for being easygoing. They're not known for just taking it as it comes. Yeah, it's great, God, thanks for the manna today, it's great. They just moaned and whinged and complained for 40 years in that desert. And eventually they killed off the, 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 the two people who had no vision. God might have to kill some things off in your life that has no vision. God might need to get rid of some people in your life that they have no vision and you can't run with them. And then, of course, Joshua then had that moment where he had to go through. And, of course, he did everything differently than, than Moses, Joshua. Moses took the staff and hit things through, through his hands in the air and told the water to do this. And Joshua, they had to just keep walking to the River Jordan and they had to step. There was no staff and, and all the people might have been freaked out going, where's the staff? Where, where's the, where's the, the man of God with the stick? It's like the hobbits going to, to in Lord of the Rings. They're, they're walking around and Gandalf's no longer with us. They were all confused and all out of the place. I love my Lord of the Rings analogies because it just works so well. I'm sorry if you hate Lord of the Rings, but it's not like the leader, their great leader died and was gone and they had to keep going on the mission. The assignment doesn't change when the old dies. There's a calling on this church to push forward and to go forward into the things of God. And vision for us is different than in, in perhaps slightly different in each location. Because, of course, we have three locations and all that. We all know that. But we're, the, the vision for this church is to just, just push on into the next step. Uh, you want me to tell you what the next step is? I don't know. When I die and pass away and me and my wife have passed the church on to somebody else they may do it completely different than we do it they may only have 20 minutes of worship where we we love to just sit in the, and bask 
But that doesn't mean the assignment and the vision doesn't continue. And the vision and the assignment is to reach every single... You know, highways and byways is the biggest language in my, in my thinking. When that king had, a, had, a, had a, a banquet laid out and no one turned up, he eventually got to the place where his servants went and picked up the lowly. They picked up the crippled. They picked up the broken down and they brought them into the kingdom of God. We were watching, or well, I'll say we were watching. I was not watching this. And there's a reason for this. Louise found the Jesus Revolution film on Now TV. Um, if you can watch it, it's on Sky at the moment. It's just been released. If you don't have that, you might maybe buy the DVD when it comes out. I don't know. Do they still sell DVDs these days? But my point is that the film, Jesus Revolution, it was all about the Jesus Revolution in California in the, was it the 60s or 70s? A group, of, a group of people. Now, I say we watch this. I literally watched, like, I could watch five seconds at a time and I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd just well up and cry. Every moment, every, I just look, I just turn my eyes and look and think if I could watch it. No, I had to walk out of the room because I just could not take what was happening. There was things happening in this, this time of, of, of teenagers and group of 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds that just got hungry for Jesus. There was a moment in the, in, in, in the, the, the film where the, the elders of the church came up to the, the pastor and said, you're going to lose people because of all these hippies that are coming in. They're not contributing, they're not tithing, they're not giving, but you're going to lose the people who are giving because of these hippies coming in. And the guy actually said to him, they're ruining our carpets because they're coming in with bare feet. That made me angry. That made me angry. But sad at the same time. And you know what the next day, the next Sunday, what, they, what the, the best clip of the film is? I hope this doesn't ruin it for anyone. They, they, these two well-dressed you know, couple come up and they're thinking there's cues of these hippies with no shoes on and just barefoot. And they're just cute. Oh my gosh, they're still here. They're still coming. You know what the pastor was doing? He sat on the front door. This is a true story, by the way. This is not fiction. He was sat on the front door with a bowl of water wiping their feet so the carpet doesn't get ruined. You see, when the the, the unbelievers or the baby Christians come, they're like Manny, taking their little guitar and smacking a, the computer monitor at the back, which is what he was doing today. <laughs> he's not a guitarist, he's a drummer. But... Um, <laughs> We don't need a guitarist, Elson. We've got you. We need a drummer. <laughs> but babies don't do what they're supposed to do. Lewis had the nicest carpet in the house. I don't know if I've told you this or not, and you'd probably be upset if I say this. I don't know if he's gone out with the kids who's at the back. He had the nicest carpet because he was our eldest. We, we thought we'd spend some money, we'd buy some. It, wasn't, it, was, a, it was a cutoff because his room was big, it was small enough to have a cutoff. So now it was lovely, gorgeous. He used to walk on it in bare feet and it's just, just so nice. You know what he does? He plays Lego on it. He had, he had a lovely little lamp that he just put the light bulb directly on the carpet because he needed the light to be at the right place. And suddenly he starts smelling burning and, the, and there's a nice hole now in the carpet where his bed now sits because if you move his bed we're not we don't want to tell anyone but then you go 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 you look at the floor and there's paint there's glue it's very lived in yeah no this is this is my son who who's he was told not to do stuff but because of his nature his creative nature he just got on and did it his desk you look at his desk and you just think it oh my gosh What's he done to his desk? But he's obviously found knives. He's been cutting things, making things, building things. And as a parent, you could get really frustrated and upset with that. But am I going to be the staunchy religious type that says, ah, you can't do that because you're going to ruin my carpet? Or am I going to let people come into this church just as they are but what I did say at the beginning, they don't leave the same as they came. Something another minister was making, this is how, I just think of stories when I hear, when people talk, he was, he's a minister who 
He's an evangelist, but he's also a pastor. He started a church a couple of years ago, got a fast-growing church. And he was, um, he, his church, the way his church is, it, it finishes about 12 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And then quite often, because he's an evangelist, he'll go and preach on a Sunday night. So he actually lives very close to an airport. It's in America. Literally two minutes away from the airport. And he was, I think he was flying to Canada. And the issue was, because you have to fly to Canada, the customs office on a Sunday morning basically shuts at 3 p.m. So if you go in after that, they won't let you in, especially if you, you've hired a private jet type attitude um, to get in and land and make sure everything was fine um, and get out and go, go and preach his mess, the message that God's called him to preach. And he, he would do a week long of revivals. So he had to be in that plane by, I think, 11.54, 12.04, something like that. It had to be very precise. And of course, he does an altar call. And most pastors would have not done an altar call in this environment. I have to be somewhere. I do it so, but he does that. He's faithful to his calling. He wants to see people get saved. People got saved. And there was a lovely lady at the end of the queue. And he was just going down, making sure everyone was saved, knowing full well that he had to be in the, the thing. What happened? This lady on the end decided to manifest demonically. Just dropped on the floor and started writhing around on the floor like a snake. Most pastors and most people would freak out about that. Think, oh my gosh, I've got to be on the plane. I've got this is going to take at least fifteen minutes, two, five minutes, whatever. But this, this, you know, this, you know, you've seen this this kind of stuff happen. People like really get, oh my gosh, there's something that we need to set this person free. But he got was so flowing in the anointing, he didn't say anything. He just went, hey, hey, stop it, get out of here. I've got a plane to get on. He didn't even say the name of Jesus, and that, that so quick that this lady was set free. She looked at him. He pulled her up. He said, "You okay?" Let her in the prayer of the thing, uh, salvation. Made sure she was okay. She wiped the stuff off her face and stuff like that. But this lady came in one way and left out another way, and it wasn't to do with some fantastic moment of preaching. It wasn't to do with six hours of laying hands on it. It was a one moment, one encounter with the presence of God. When the minister said, get out, the devil had to leave. You see, you guys don't need to put up with anything in your life. You don't need to put up with the devil in your life. You just say, get out and leave. You've got the power and the authority. That's what we're talking about, about vision. If you want to talk about vision, vision is big. Going forward in the things of God is big. God wants to see great things done in the city of Preston. I love that song. I, used to, I didn't like it when it first came out, but it, now that I'm a pastor, now that I've got a city to focus on, you know, God, what's the song I mean? God's going to do great things in the city. I just felt like at the time I was much younger in my walk with God, well, about three years ago. Uh, <laughs> it's like God's going to do great things in this city. Stop thinking about the city, think about the world. But for me, right now, God's going to do great things in our city because we we're here because we've been told to be here. There are people who have moved to Preston to be part of this church and, and, and keep that function going. People travel to come to Preston. People watch online. It's always going to be about souls for me. So if you can't hack that, then th this isn't the right church. Because I'm going to talk about souls. Because I tell you what, if, if you want to be a good Samaritan, or if you just want to be a bad Samaritan and just walk past and just ignore the people dying and going to hell, we've got a problem. Now, I, I want to make sure that we have suitable ways of us reaching people. We're going to go out on, on and, and just do a simple evangelistic endeavor in a couple of weeks, a week on Saturday. Just, we're just going to post some flyers. But to me, posting flyers is, is just an action. Hopefully, we talk to people when we're posting the flyers. We did have one lady run after Christina and started yelling at her and say, why did you post that through the door on one Sunday? That was fun, wasn't it? I thought that was getting a bit ropey, but <laughs> this is risky here. But it's Christina. She can handle herself. We, we miss her today. Tell her that we miss her today, I tell you. Anyways, where am I going with all this? I, I, I believe really the, the, the attitude, the thing that really I was getting last night when I was praying and when I was just thinking about this service was two words. And it just kept rolling around. 
like we had in prayer, we had the, the, the message of uh, uh, what came out was yield. Yield to the Spirit of God. Yield, give way, let God. And, and we even sang that song, and I wasn't thinking about that song. Make, make room, let God, make room for God to move in your life. But the two words that came, kept coming to me was complete victory. Complete victory. You see, we have a church. We have a vision. Faith Life Center Ministries has a vision. It's simply boiled down to gather, grow, go. But when you think about gathering in, as a church, when you think about growing in individually or like through teaching and preaching, and then when you think about going into all the world, God's attitude is that when you do anything for Him, you are operating from a place of complete victory. You know what? It doesn't feel like that most of the time. Feelings have not nothing to do with what Jesus did on that cross. We've, we've had our fun this week dealing with children in many ways. The pressure comes and you, you sit there and you think, why are we doing this? But the reality is, the completeness of what Jesus paid for allows us to have the vision that God imparts in our soul. The vision that we have for this city, the vision that we have for our lives, the vision that we have for each and every one of us. Uh, the, the title of, of what Pastor Joel's talking about this morning in, in, in Manchester, and I'm hooking up with that, is lift up one another. We've got a year of lift, lift 24-7, and lifting up one another is all about working together and, and lifting, lifting up one another. So me and Louise, we lift each other up as a, a married couple. Elson and Frankie, they lift each other up, they lift their kids up. We had a wonderful day yesterday of paintballing for the youth. Why did I, why did I do that? Why did I let the youth go out and just shoot each other? Because basically we wanted Frankie to get some like paintball shots shot by the youth and we wanted to come in on a Sunday morning. No, of course not. It was, a, it was about lifting up one another. It was about having fun together, about taking a group of, of just a, a few lads out to have McDonald's together afterwards and leave mud everywhere in the, in the McDonald's store. And now, now I used to work at McDonald's and I used to hate people like you, you lot. Because we've got to clean up after you. But you ha they had fun. They, they lifted up one another. And, and in a year of lifting, in a year of... Because, uh, of course, we go from Psalms 24-7, lift up the gates, open up the gates so that the King of Glory can come in. I tell you, the unity and love in this church and the lifting up of one another allows the King of Glory to come in. I love what Veronica said last week to Louise. This, there's unity and love in this church. Hallelujah. And I, I, I look at every single one of us and I think unity and love. I, I, I love being in an environment that we're not striving against each other, but we're striving for something. Going forward, going pressing into what God has for us so that the King of Glory can come in. See, people watching online, I, 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 there are people watching online that need to watch and hear what we have to say. They might not live two minutes down the road. I, ex I expect people who hook up online, I, I, we use it as an advertising tool. I expect people in Preston to, to find us and to, to check us out. It's kind of like our advertising. It's, it's kind of like maybe, maybe they want to poke their head around the door without actually coming into the building. And that's great that we can do that. And I expect people in person to come to the building because they will sense. Why? Why? Why am I passionate about that? Because there's the presence of God in this place that will turn around people's lives. The word alone is great, but without the Spirit of God empowering you and I, going forward makes life difficult if you're just trying to just be rigid and just... Rigid, rigid. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to keep. When you got the Holy Ghost on your side, there's a bit of loosey goosey, as I said this morning. The hips start to get moving. You get a bit funky in your walk. You see, the, the, the devil can see a Christian who's got the Holy Ghost on him. Because there's a, there's a Holy Ghost bounce. I'm not, I'm not going to moonwalk for you. I can't do that very well. But there's a little bit of like, 
uh, I, I'd get uh, Menashe up to demonstrate the uh, the walk, but I, I'm not <laughs> the royal walk, the the swing. But you see, when when people are dealing with problems in their lives and things are causing friction and there's stress and there's pressure. That's when lifting up one another comes in. That's when Pastor Louise can pray for Elson when he's in excruciating pain. Because you know in excruciating pain, it's very difficult to pray. When you're going through hard sickness and disease, it's very difficult to pray. That's why Charles Capps always used to say, take your medication because medication won't stop you from getting healed. You know, it's easier if you take some paracetamol and to reduce the pain levels to pray better. You just have a freedom. Is that the, the best way of doing it? No, of course, you, the best way to do it is to pray and never get pain. <laughs> but attacks come. I love that door. Keeps you all awake. <laughs> I just pay people just to slam the door, just to jolt you out. But when you're dealing with, with agony and excruciating situations and pressures, painkillers or entertainment, Netflix or anything, might take your mind off of things a little bit. But it won't affect things spiritually in your life. But lifting up one another and linking arms in arms, sometimes you might not know somebody is lifting you up. Have you ever felt spiritual energy come just as you're going through life? Romans chapter 8, the Holy Ghost comes alongside somebody else to pray and intercede through them, and they're praying for you. This is why mums like to pray for their kids. Because kids can do some stupid, silly things. I always missed, whenever I used to go down into Hebden Bridge, which is a really backward kind of town in the UK, and it's lovely, picturesque, but it's very depressing. A lot of miserable people there. And And I used to go down, and I would just miss the fighting. I would just miss the craziness. Even though, you know, part of me wanted to see it and witness people beat each other up. And so I never, I don't think I've ever really seen a fight. This is back in my times where I was walking with God, but I was a little bit off track. And I always used to miss things. And I believe that it's primarily because I have parents that were praying for me. I had other people praying for me. But there comes a time in life where if all of this, if that's all you're ever going to get to, and I'm going to jump a little bit here in, in your life story, in your life plan. Lifting up one another is great. Me helping Veronica is great. Me helping Holly and Elson is great. But there's going to come a time where you need to help other people and you yourself need to be strong. Complete victory for every single one of us enables us to completely help other people. When you're prosperous, spirit, soul, and body, you are a person that can be used by Heavenly Father to make a difference in multitudes of people's lives. We're not going to ask Alison why he dropped that. <laughs> Do you want to make some more noise on the front row? <laughs> it's Holly, is it? You guys are testing me this morning, aren't you? <laughs> I think Manny's, Manny's the most well-behaved at the back there. <laughs> Where was I? Spirit, soul, and body. Everyone in this room, I believe, or if you haven't got there, you'll have the opportunity later. Is born again and saved. That means you've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. You're prosperous. 
That's prosperity spiritually. If you're going to hell, you're not prosperous. If you have never made a decision for Jesus Christ in your life and never said, God, I want to go for you, I want to make Jesus my Lord, if you've never done that, then you're not prosperous spiritually. I could care less how many Lamborghinis you own. I could care less how big your house is. If you're going to hell, you're, you're not prosperous. In your soul, you're prosperous when you have the mind of Christ operating in your mind. Your soul is what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. A lot of Christians' emotions ran, ran, run rampant. Joyce Meyer had that famous book, Battlefield of the Mind, where she goes into the details of how most, a lot of Christians and Christianity has struggled with just their mindset. You see, talking about vision, I can, I can say how big the vision is for this church, for the ministry, Faith Life Center Ministries. But if you're sitting there going... My vision for my family isn't coming to pass. Why do I care about the church's vision? My kids are running me ragged. My car broke down. My house is falling apart. And you're talking to me about buying a building for one point whatever million dollars or however big you want to make this building. My life isn't working. Why should I help your life? You see, this is what Christianity is all about. It's establishing the mindset of the Christian to see the victory that Jesus Christ has paid the price for. Your vision of your life can be as big as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, or it could be a dirt track leading to nowhere. But if you get your mind right, and you fix your mind, and you renew your mind to the Word of God and start seeing yourself as He sees you, guess what happens next? You can start looking at prospering physically. And that includes finances. That includes being healthy in your body. What did first, Third John say? First John even. No, Third John. Someone has it in the King James Dear friends, 3 John, verse 2, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. See, I don't like that translation. Let me just find it in the King James. We all know this scripture verse. But I'm, I'm going, the Holy Ghost is going somewhere with this, I believe. Beloved, and I think I've said this before, this was written in the end of the Apostle John's life. This is the Apostle who rested his head on Jesus' shoulder, who loved him, and had a, had a revelation of love. Had a revelation of love so strong that when they put him in a boiling vat of oil, they couldn't kill him. Had a revelation of victory. Brother Hagen says it this way, the pathway to victory is a pathway to love. The pathway of love keeps you on the pathway to victory. And this apostle of love, and he just talks about love and love and love. He says this, Beloved, I wish above all things. What does the word all mean? All. I wish as my priority for your life, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. If your spirit prospered, you are born again. You're growing in the things of God. If your mind prospers, it opens you up to be in a place of prosperity in your finances and a place of prosperity in your health. Because your mind, why does it work like this? Because your mind is lined up with the Word of God. When your mind is lined up, see, this is what the devil tries to do with the entertainment, with everything that's going on in this world, is constantly buying for attention. Buying for attention. That's all he's trying to do is just get your attention. Things you see. Hallelujah. Buying for attention. To grab your attention. To grab what he would like you to think and meditate on. But when your attention is on the things of God, the things above, the things above, What's that scripture verse? Is it Philippians? It's one of my favorite scripture verses. 
like I say, every single scripture verse is. I think I, have I got the wrong one. Not Philippians. It's my favorite scripture verse, but I don't know where it is. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since you have been raised to the, up to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Hallelujah, we're going somewhere. As a church, as individuals, we're going to a place of complete victory. We're going to a place of complete fullness. Let me just read these scripture verses as, as I look to start thinking about closing. Notice I said I'm thinking about it. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Anyone who trusts in God will never be be disgraced. There is a place of trust in him that enables complete victory for your life. There is a place that you trust in him and have faith in God that allows you to walk in joy of your, the walk in the joy, I'm going to change it, walk into the joy of your salvation and the joy of your salvation springing forth from your heart brings you great strength to achieve everything God's called you to do. It gives you great strength to attack and approach life no matter what pressure is coming against you you can have pressure there's nothing wrong with pressure pressure is going to come James says it count it all joy how do you count something joy you laugh hallelujah you don't wait for pastor Andy to say a crummy joke to laugh you just laugh because you have got joy joy in your heart Laughter in your soul. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've caught the joy of the Lord deep down in my heart. I let the flag fly high. I'm probably mixing up all my children's Christian songs there. <laughs> Father Abraham. And, no, I won't go into that one. I've been around a while. I know the, the oldies. Not so so old that I know the hymns. I'm not, I found out yesterday. This is a completely random fact. In eight, no, in 1357 or something like that, there was a a, a group of people in Oxford went to the bar and into their local bar and complained about the beer, and the landlord just must have said the way it was worded. He said something saucy back to them, and a hundred people were killed in the riot that ensued. Why am I telling you this? There's nothing, no relation to the, the sermon, but I just thought it was a really... A hundred people were killed and fought because they had a big fight because the beer wasn't correct to what they liked. And the mayor, for over a hundred years, had to walk on the anniversary with his head covered in shame that that happened. See, we think, think times are bad now. <laughs> I don't remember a riot of a hundred people over something as silly as that. Anyways, that was just a random fact, nothing to do with the sermon. I just thought I'd see if you're awake. Whoo, hard crowd. <laughs> see, complete victory and complete vision casting. And because I could just go on and on, I, I don't want to go on and on, but I'm just 
I am trying to finish. I am, honestly. I'm just listening to the Holy Ghost. In Micah chapter 4, verse 1, 2, it says this, and I'm going to finish on this, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this from the vision perspective. This might not have hit you uh, in your home, but I want you to kind of remember this as we go forward in the next three weeks. Micah chapter 4, verse 1 to 2, it's kind of slightly different than Isaiah verse chapter 2, verse 2. But it says this, But in the last days shall come to pass, that the mountain of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow into it. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the Lord God Jacob. And he will teach us his ways and we'll walk in his paths for the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established. The vision of this church of Faith Life Preston is to establish his house and his house is a place where you can come as dirty as you are and get whitewashed and released back out into the world clean and prepared if you've never accepted jesus christ you will have an opportunity if you've never been baptized in the holy ghost you'll have an opportunity if you slightly had a bad week you're going to come into his presence and sense joy and peace and prosperity you if you if you had a horrendous week you're going to come in and be set free if there's things and burdens on your shoulders the anointing will remove them the word will be spoken and the world word will cut to the core of people's lives in this place. That's my, our commitment. That's our vision to see many people transformed. Thank God we've got opportunity to pray for the other churches in Preston. And if any other church from Preston is watching, this isn't a competition. This is We're praying for you guys, I tell you. If you're a pastor from Preston, we're praying for you. We're lifting up our your arms. We're, we're here. We're expecting revival to flow through this city. There's been many, many times in Preston's history where things have happened, spiritually speaking. And I believe many nations will come to this city and many places in this area will be changed because of the moving of the Spirit of God. Because of the things that people encounter, because of what gets imparted and placed into the hearts of people, missionaries to come into the area, missionaries to come and speak with the anointing and the fire of God and with the miracle working wonder power of Jesus, the, the people coming and being attracted to this place called Preston, this, this town where we just, we just lift up the arms of every leader in this town and ask that Father God that you give them eyes, an understanding, a hope to know their calling, to see the hurting, to see the loss, and to have an oper operation, an operation of the Spirit that draws people in. That we break the power of Islam in this city. That we break the power of alcoholism in this city. That we break the power of, of drugs and uh, sexuality and, and, and prostitution and criminality. That there is churches that rise up and stand with an anointing to stand in the face of all of hell. But to stand and say, come hear what we have to say. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Only through him will you get to the Father. No, no, no. No, no, no. Foreign God. No foreign, no foreign idol. No, no, there's no other way. There's no other way. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all about him. Hallelujah. No religion will stand the fire that God will bring in these last days. Hallelujah. The church of Jesus Christ standing up where they're meant to stand so that many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Many people will see what the church becomes and will take and will take there is a warning in that. Not every church will be established in this way. And there will be churches that rise up that become mighty places in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. No demonic force 
shall stand against the gates of heaven. Gates of hell cannot stand against the mighty moving force of the blood-bought, Bible-speaking church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God, we give you the praise. We worship you and we thank you for this this ministry called Faith Life. We thank you for the anointing that flows through it. We thank you for our lead pastors in Manchester and, of course, Benny and Linda pastoring in Harrogate. We thank you for the unity within the leadership of this church and each location that will have signs and wonders and miracles. Each location will grow and see great things happen. But, God, we're not just praying for them. We're praying for our own city. We're praying for our town, our place where we stand with an assignment. We ask you for the nations. Give them to us as our inheritance and send many people to the mountain of the Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise today. I'm just going to take two seconds for anyone at the sound of my voice, and I'm doing this on purpose. I'm looking at the camera. If you're watching online, if you just only found a church to watch. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you've never made Jesus Christ as your Lord, and Savior, if you've never made a decision for God, and you've never made a decision to go after God and know that Jesus as, as your friend, as your brother, now's an opportunity to. It's a simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. What does Lord mean? It means boss. It means God. It means, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I was going to try and be trendy. But he's the guy in charge of your life when you make him Lord. And it's not a difficult prayer, but it's a life-changing prayer. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. If there's anyone in the building right now, if you're feeling that, make that decision now. You see, church is a place of joy. A place where you can see life-changing decisions for your life to get better and better and better. So if you're watching on broad, on the broadcast, of course, you can go to the website, faithlifecenter.com forward slash Jesus. The full prayer, there's a lot more information on that. You can go in there. Let us know that you've prayed that prayer. I'd love to hear you. If you're in the building and you want to know more about Jesus, this Jesus that we've, we're talking about, this Jesus that has changed our lives by dying on a cross. You see... Some Christians think he's still on the cross. Some churches still think he's on the cross. But when he was raised from the dead, he made it available to each and every one of us. Life eternal. There is a hell, and you don't want to go there. I know they always say and that there's no fun in heaven, all the, all the fun guys are in hell. But the guys who have had fun on this earth and have gone to hell are not having fun anymore. Hallelujah. I don't want to preach hell too much, but it's a real place. 